0: Hello church. It's so good to be here again with you. It's wonderful to see you guys. Um, I want to say hello to my mom and my dad busy watching in South Africa and my whole family back at home um, and my friends. I love you guys. It's so good. Everyone say this word, say family. family. Okay, let's try that again. That was very embarrassing. One, two, three, let's say family. Okay, family. 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 I made it confusing. I know. So on three we will do that again. This time it was my fault. Okay, we're gonna say family on the count of three. One, two, three. Family! Isn't that beautiful, yeah, is. guys? And I love, I love this whole bantering thing. This, this play. And like Sam, Dan, you and I, bro, plaid is back. I'm just saying. Yo, is that how people dress in St. Louis? I just need to know because I've got the wrong shoes on. I need to get myself some cowboy boots. Anyway, um, guys, it's really good to be here. I feel like I'm at home with Live Church. It's really nice. If you don't know me, you're missing out, and I'm missing out on you. And I want to get to know you too. Um, It's something cool about family. I'm going to do something else fun, okay? Remember that word, family, okay? I'm going to come back to it. Everyone, put your hands on your head. And now we're going to do some declarations, okay? Say, mind. Mind. You are a terrible leader but a good servant. Put your hand on your heart and say, heart, you are a terrible servant, but a good leader. I give you permission to lead my mind. We're talking to spiritual things, right? I heard once, this is totally not part of the preach, but I heard once that there's actually like um. Something inside of you that your, your spirit and like you can feel it in your gut that leads you. And it's because God has designed us to lead with our gut. Uh, yes, history is important and you got to know that. And I know there's different personality types. But there's this unction that we get inside of us that allows us to lead. And our mind is a tool. It is our servant. Very important to know this. You have got full permission as a redeemed son and daughter of God to use your mind. To use it. It's yours, but it's your servant. It doesn't lead us. So let's just get out of our minds today. And yes, I give you permission to experience the Holy Spirit. There's so much freedom here. If you've never encountered the Holy Ghost, today's your day. I know it is. I know it is. I just can feel it. If you have, if you are running on empty and your fuel gauge is low, you should go and have a quiet time because the church is not a place for you to come and get filled up. It's a, t- a place to get equipped. Right? Otherwise, you just develop this unhealthy eating mechanism. You know? Like you starving yourself from, for six days of the week and then you come in like binge eat on somebody else's secondhand revelation, and then you go and perform the rest of your week. Yeah, that's not how it works, guys. It works. You wake up in the morning. Everyone is unique in themselves. I'm not Blake. Hear what I'm saying. Not what I'm not. We wake up and just imagine. There's something. I don't know who I heard it from. I, I heard it this. I don't know where I heard it is, but there's something about waking up before the sun rises with the sun. And saying, God, I'm going to watch the sunrise in my day, and actually seize my day. And you can seize your day even during lockdown and isolation and all that stuff. It was an interesting season, right? Like all of our schedules, all of our routines were out the window <laughs> as soon as lockdown happened. As a, a bringing up my, our children at home, that's very difficult, right? So. You can still seize it. Amen. You still love me. Amen. Hallelujah. So today, I just really want to equip you guys. I want to equip you. I want to equip you. I believe in you. I know that church, you are the bride of Christ. The very image of Jesus Christ to the world today. You. You. Singularly and plurally. Together as one. Everyone say the word family we are to demonstrate the kingdom of God and the the body like we are his hands we are his feet some of us are his nostrils some of us are his toes like like everyone's got a different role to play and for one second I don't want you to think that I am saying you've got to be like the pinky toe okay but what I am going to talk about is pretty direct I'm talking about the gospel The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's one of the, it's so interesting at this, like in this season, what does the gospel look like? Who, I'm going to ask us this question, if I find my notes. Um, I'm going to ask this question, didn't find my notes yet. Yeah, ask us this question. What is the gospel? I want you to think about this. Who is the gospel for? (laughs) What is your role in the gospel? Those three questions. Pretty simple, right? Does anyone know the answers? Because I don't know them yet. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out as I go along. But today I want to speak about that. And the one verse that really ministered to me personally recently is Isaiah 61. If you got your Bibles, go there. Bible app, open it up. Um, and I'm going to read um, from the Passion Translation because it's my jam. Yes. So like that. So anyway... You guys ready? Isaiah 61 verse 1. Okay. The the mighty spirit of Lord Yahweh. Say the mighty spirit. Oh, he is so powerful. (laughs) Is wrapped around me. Hmm, That sounds so cozy. Because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell the captives, you are free, and to tell the prisoners, be free from your darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace, a time of God's recompense of his enemies. Weird word. Um, my first language is English. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> to confront all who sorrow, um, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful banquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will know; they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness. Planted by Yahweh as a living display of His glory. Amen. And it goes on. It's amazing. I give my life to this thing. Now, Psalm 61 is a prophetic declaration of Jesus. So this is talking about Jesus. Who looks like Jesus right now? Me? Who is made in the image of Jesus Christ? I am. We are. I am. This church is. We are to display. So I take this verse and I'm like, yo, it's for me. It's for me. I am the anointed one. Do you believe that you are anointed? Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe it? I think that there's some people, yeah, that think they are not anointed. I think there's some people that think I've got my mundane job. I am not anointed. It's only for the, it's only for the pastor, you know. It's only for the people that work full time or the missionaries like Blake. They're the anointed ones. I just got a job, you know, Monday to Friday. I'm not anointed. Is there anyone that feels like that today? Because I'm telling you today, that is a lie from hell. We are all anointed, guys. You are anointed. Let's say, I am, I am anointed. anointed. The mighty Holy Spirit. Let's say that. The mighty Holy Spirit wraps himself around me. And there's something fun about the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of Jesus. So you've got to be close to somebody to feel their breath on them. Right? Jesus Jesus does not need a face mask. He's not going to give you any cooties. (laughs) That's the truth. And I want to be close to that guy. I want to be so close that I can feel him breathing on my skin. I can hear his heartbeat. So when his heartbeat changes, I know what his heart wants to do. I want to be so close. When I read the Gospels, um, I always related most to the book of John. And there's only one reason. It's because I want to be like the, his beloved, just putting my head on his chest, listening to his heartbeat. I want to be so close that when he's telling his, his messages, I'm right there with him. Right? I can hear, oh, that made him excited. When he said that about that person, I could hear his heart flutter. Right? It's so beautiful, guys. It's so good. Anyway, so I'll move on. Um, I'm just like setting up a little bit of a scene, and then we're going to get into some fun testimonies. But I want you to know that I actually do read my Bible. (laughs) Not just love of testimonies. Um, And then... I'm I'm really having fun today. And then my, my this is this is like one of my the next verse I'm going to tell you guys is literally like me giving you a piece of me. Okay? Like I love this Bible verse. It's in um it's in Romans 1. Romans 1 I don't know where it is yet. I'll get it for us. Okay, so go there, Romans 1. Pretty easy. It's after the book of Acts. In case you find it, and then just scroll down to the bottom, Um, and it says, verse 5, is it verse 5? Maybe verse 4. But as by, no, 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 let's go to verse 5. Okay, Romans 1, verse 5, it says, through Him, through who? Jesus Christ. Through Him, a joy-proceeding grace cascades into us, equipping us with the gift of apostleship so, we, so that we can win people from every nation into a faithful commitment to Jesus to bring honor to his name. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to read it again because it's so deep, right? Guys, oh, this is so good. Okay. Through him, through Jesus, a joy proceeding, proceeding grace cascades into us. There's a joy proceeding. It's cascading. Like you go and stand underneath a waterfall of His grace. Just stand underneath it. And that waterfall equips us for one thing. To win people from every nation into into like a flaky relationship with Jesus. You know, like they give their life now and... On Friday, and then they live a wild life through the week. No, that's not what it says. The Holy Spirit equips us to win people from all nations to have, this is my favorite line, faithful commitment to Jesus. Faithful commitment. Guys, I love this verse. It literally is one of my favorites. Whenever I'm feeling down, I just go back to this one, and I can feel it. And, to be, to be completely vulnerable with you guys, I'm just going to really go there today. Um, I, how do I say this? I'm not like Dan. I don't say things very politically correct. So please forgive me. But um, yeah, I'm warning you because what I'm about to say is interesting. But I've been hearing a lot recently. I've been hearing a lot recently that, that we need to pray for Jesus to come. Because this world is, you know, it's the end. Let's pray quickly for Jesus to come just to save us. That prayer, that mindset bothers me. And I don't know why. And I think the main reason is I cannot pray that prayer. I cannot look at the people on the street that don't know Jesus and say, Jesus, come. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. There's people that don't know Jesus. There's people still stuck in sin, still stuck in depression, still stuck not knowing who they are. And for me to pray that prayer, like, it just grates me. And the other day I was driving home and I was like, God, why? Like I was alone in the car. I was like, God, why, why does that prayer bother me? And literally, I could hear the heartbeat of the Father say, because it's not my desire to come until everyone knows Jesus. And that's biblical, right? I think there is a Bible verse that says that. And there's there's this, how do I say it without being rude? There's this lying back that we have done as the church. We've just like casually just lounging around and we're like, "Mm, the lost can come into church. That ain't going no to happen. Yeah. We weird. We are a really strange group of people. I'm just saying, have you we weird. Like, like, oh my word, the language that we use, the, the sentence phrasing that we use, strange. <laughs> it's just so weird. They're not going to come to church. And my dad, I love my dad. My dad is an amazing evangelist. When he started his ministry, God said that he's taking away his church platform. His church pulpit, right? You guys call this a pulpit, right? Taking Podium, thank you. Whatever it is. He's taking it away because there are pulpits that have been neglected and gathering cobwebs for generations. And I was like, what are you talking about, Dad? Everyone's like, what are you talking about, Anthony? And he says, it's the pulpits in the streets, and the city centers, in the pubs, in the brothels. There's pulpits that our churches were founded on. Street evangelism. You look at the Wesleys. Supernaturally, God would project. Is that the right guy? Yeah. yeah, I think it's the Wesleys. God would project his voice so that it could be heard in the neighboring towns. Wow. There was no electricity back in those days. What's happened, church? What's happened? In fact, in the book of Acts, it says when the Holy Spirit fell on the, the, the apostles in the upper room, there was a sound that was heard all throughout the whole city. And what brought them was the sound. They heard the sound. People in the streets was like, what is that noise? It sounds like a party. Let me go and find out what's going on. Oh, that sounds so strange. I wonder what's going on. Are you making a sound that unsaved people are attracted to? Are you making a sound that your your workers, your colleagues are attracted to? Are you making a sound on social media that the unsaved people are attracted to? Or are you just wanting to argue your political point of view? I'm not American. I've got, I've got all the rights to say that, right? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> It's good right and i was watching i was watching the chosen awesome series highly recommend it and the third series i've watched over uh, third episode i've watched over and over and over again and it's with jesus uh, talking to his children to the children and like how jesus relates to children i don't know why i'm stuck on that i'm just stuck on that episode i don't know why and Jesus sits the children down, and he's talking about getting revenge. And one of the boys, I can't remember what his name is. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. But it's just a dialogue that Jesus is having with a child, right? It's beautiful. Go download the app. It's for free. It's very cool. Um, the Chosen, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, The Chosen. Um, and Jesus is having this dialogue. And he says, it starts off by saying, and what did you do? And the little boy said, I pushed him back. And Jesus says, why did you do that? And he says, the, the, the Old Testament says an eye for an eye. It's not right that he pushed me. I'm allowed to push him back. And Jesus said, where in the Bible does it say that Jesus is coming back to set the Israelites free from the Roman rule? Where? All of Scripture, all of the prophecy, all the Israelites were waiting for Jesus to come to set them free from the Romans. This is, the, this is what they were expecting the Messiah to do. Now, all of these years later, did Jesus do that? He didn't set the Israelites free from the Roman rule. He came to do something else, something much greater. And so many times we take on that mindset and we expect Jesus to set us free from our current political circumstances. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Nowhere. Instead, Jesus says, let's seek for a different way. Let's look for a different way to usher in my kingdom, rule, and reign in this nation, in the nations of the earth. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway. Side note, And I believe that gets done through encountering the Holy Spirit, making such a noise in the spiritual realm, gathering as many lost into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, renewing their minds, let them be transformed and renewed um, by the Holy Spirit. Like, that's what I believe, guys. I'm just saying. So, I mean, I'm stuck. Like, we're stuck in the country at the moment. Totally inconvenienced us. Totally changed us. And I'm like, Satan, if you touch me, I am... Coming for you. I am taking ground like never before, like never before. And this week, like you said, Dan, I think we on, on Sunday we saw five people saved, right? Five people saved. Um, then on Tuesday we did an outreach into Chicago downtown, like open air, speaking on a on a on a megaphone, preaching the gospel. Uh, and we saw—I I can't remember—it was a crazy night. There was about two. One or two, maybe three people that got saved. I can't remember. I'm very bad. And then um, Friday night here in St. Charles. Amen. In St. Charles, we saw five people saved. Wow. Five at youth. And, and, and five at youth? Five at youth. Isn't that incredible, guys? Isn't Jesus good? Yeah. Isn't Jesus good? Yeah. Isn't Jesus so good? The greatest miracle of all is salvation. Salvation. It's so good. Anyway, God is good. I'm going to ask you these questions again. What is the gospel? Who is the gospel for? What is your role in the gospel? What is your role? Okay. I want to tell you a testimony. My dad, my dad is, I love my dad. If you go and look him up, he's literally got flags. He's motorbike. He's leather jacket. He's got his colors in in a bike Group, gang, is it a gang? Back a gang, and he literally goes and he takes his motorbike. He just drives onto the curb in front of like, I'm going to use American English. He he drives up onto the curb on in front of like Walmart. No jokes. I am not joking. His big BMW motorbike. He drives it up on the curb, parks it there, puts out his frags, switches on his his portable speaker, and starts playing worship music. And then he just stands there and he's walking around praying. And then he grabs his microphone and he starts preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Right there. People are like. And my dad is just going for it. He's just gunning it. Preaching, preaching, preaching. You are a sinner. You need Jesus. He died on the cross to pay the price for the world. Just so that he can have you in his life. And he's not dead. He's risen on the third day. And he's here to give you new hope. A new life. A new identity. Yeah. If you want to know Jesus, come. I want to pray for you. He puts the microphone down. He starts praying. People just start flocking up. And they get saved all the time. My dad, he was, I personally believe he was before his time in the spiritual realm. I remember this story when I was a teenager. I remember the story. (sighs) This man calls him up and says, please come, I need you to pray for me, Pastor, I'm sick. So he goes to the guy's house, um, goes to him, preaches the gospel. The guy gets saved. Of course, my dad starts with that one. And he prays for the man and says, he's like, praise And the presence of God is thick. And then the Holy Spirit just leads him to start speaking prophetically. And he says, sir... When I leave, you're going to go and sit in the toilet and have a poo. <laughs> and my dad's like, oh, God, why did I just say that? That is weird. And he's like, amen, okay, goodbye. And he like getting his motorbike and leaves because he's so embarrassed, right? The, ne- <laughs> the next day, this guy phones my dad and says, can you, can you please come for coffee? Or I can't remember the exact story. It was a long time ago. My dad goes and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> You know, I'm in trouble. And the man starts off by saying, he says, Anthony, pastor, um, I was diagnosed with cancer in my intestines. And they removed it. I've got no intestines. It is physically impossible for me to go and make a number two. (laughs) But when you left and after you prayed, I had this urgency and I got up and I went and had a number two. (laughs) What? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) It just blows my brains. (laughs) If you're constipated or have any problems with your bowels, today's your day. God is going to heal you in the name of Jesus. Guys, it's serious, okay? It's serious. That would be awful, I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, that's a cool story, right? I love that testimony. It's one of my favorites. When I was a teenager, I didn't really think about the impact that that story would have in my life. But it made me accustomed. It brought me up with the realization that Jesus is a supernatural God. He does things that makes no sense. He is Dr. Jesus, the one with the last say over your life. And even if you've had a surgery, even if you have been sick, Mm. even if you've gone to the doctor and they've diagnosed you with stuff, they don't have the final word. They do not have the final word. Because I know a guy. I know him. Show. Amen. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something. (laughs) But you can. (sighs) Uh, and I love that story. I love my dad. And I love the fact that he did that. And it's the gospel. This man was unsaved. They had no church. They did, my dad did not require his faith in that moment. He said, I'm going to bring the aim game. I'm, I've got it all. I've got enough faith. I'm going to say this to you as well. Because I learned this from my dad. I've got enough faith to see you healed. Even if you don't have enough faith. Because it's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with God's heart towards you. And He wants to see you healed, restored, saved, delivered. That's what He does. It's His business. Amen. Okay. Shakaraka. Um, and then, <laughs> This is a lot of glory. Oh, I told that one first. Guys, I truly believe, I truly believe that people, let me ask this another question, right? What do people get saved into? What is the hope in your gospel message? What is it? Is it that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price of your sin? Do you stop there? Is that your full stop? Because that's true. But there's something else after the cross that happens, right? What is somebody getting saved into? Are they getting saved into another religious organization? Is that what they get saved into? That's, that's true. What are they getting saved into? Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Jesus did not die so that we can go to church on a Sunday, pay tithes, listen to a good message, and go home. He died on the cross so that we could have be welcomed into a functioning family. Functioning is the key word. Functioning. And then go out and demonstrate His kingdom. Demonstrate. Jesus says, you will do even greater things than I do. I love you, Shalom. You'll do even greater things than I do. You, me, if we believe the Bible for what it says, you will do greater things. I haven't walked on water yet. I can't think of anything greater than that. Because my brain is so small. And we call called to do greater things than Jesus. Wow. Guys. Wow. Guys. I, I actually do practice. This is a side note. I call it, I call it faith push-ups. I go, to my, I go to Dan and Fee's swimming pool. <laughs> and I'm like, st- I'm like okay Jesus <laughs> and, that's it. and then I jump out the pool and I go do it again you gotta be like a child guys you literally gotta have fun with this one you- uh, no thank you <laughs> one of my best friends has asked me to go surfing with him in Lake Michigan and the best waves are in winter nope <laughs> okay we are fa- we are saved into a family guys so when I was when I was growing up I was, I was really influenced by religion like religion was really structured my dad's a pastor and the churches that we were part of there was just all works based um, and, and like service based and like, like it's just it was crazy okay it wasn't it wasn't a relationship it wasn't a family it was more just that was my experience personally maybe it was different but because you know when you're a kid you don't actually yeah um, and So I was only exposed to this religion side and I don't know why, but like that supernatural stuff that my dad was involved with, like I kind of forgot it. Like I forgot that there's this side of Jesus because I was just so caught up with myself. (laughs) I was navel gazing. (laughs) And the one day I go to this conference, it's a healing conference, and it's like way out in the Berg. Sorry, way out in the mountains of South Africa. um, And there's like just grassland everywhere, rolling hills, very few people. And then all of a sudden there's a little town called Bergville. I've never heard of it until then. Go to this place and it's this really cute church beautiful. Um, and like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's not a, it's not the mega church I come from. This is weird. Why am I here? I've got to stay here for three days. Oh, God, help me, you know? <laughs> um, and the presence of God was so thick. I've never experienced that before. The presence of God was so thick. I just was like, couldn't even move. And I didn't understand it. And he preached this. He preached healing. Go and preach the gospel with healing, right? Then on Sunday, Saturday, he does an activation, and he says, go and pray for the sick. So we go driving up the mountain slopes looking for a local village uh, with the Zulu people, and he drops me off, and he says, okay, Josh, you going?" I'm like, whoa, bro, it's just me and a 16-year-old interpreter who doesn't really speak English, and I don't speak Zulu what and he's like yeah you got this and he's like kicks us out and drives away i'm like don't leave me (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing he drops me off and the only instruction was because it was a healing activation outreach says the only instruction was look for the sick don't do anything else just look for the sick so there i go walking from one little hut to the next knocking on the door i'm like sanbonani i am here to pray for the sick and then the interpreter would say something like that, no sick. I'm like, oh, okay. Go to the next little hut, which is quite a walk. Knock on the door. I'm like, Bonani <laughs> The only word I know in Zulu. He's <laughs> like, is there any sick? And they're like, no, there's not. I'm like, so embarrassed. I was really embarrassed. Like, oh, man. Okay, so it's like, do you know where any sick people are? And the lady was like, hmm, you uh," she says something in Zulu, and I look at the interpreter, and the interpreter's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, this little little boy comes running out, and the, the mother tells him to, you know, like just this gesture. And then we all of a sudden, instinctively, just start following this little boy. But he's so short, and the grass is so tall, that he just turned the corner, and I was like, oh, God. Where am I? Like, what's going on? Um, and my little world view was being challenged to the core on so many different levels. So many. So many different levels. It was crazy. And then I'm walking through the, I think they call it elephant grass. <laughs> I'm busy following. And all of a sudden, we come around this corner, and there's this the beautiful hut on the top of the hill. Um, we and ma- we climb our way up, knock on the door, and this little granny comes and opens up the door. And she's like... And I'm like, Sabona, Mama, where's the sick? And she's like, how did you know that there was a sick, in my, a sick person in my house? So she welcomes us in, and it's this round hut with an open hole in the top, completely covered in smoke. So you can't see anything until, you know, much like California right now. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so we go making our way through. <laughs> was a bad joke. We're making our way through and I see this girl sitting. She's sitting like, where can I demonstrate? She's sitting like this on the curve of a chair, just going like this. And my little mind view and worldview is like, oh gosh, they're witch doctors. You know, and the satanic is bigger than Jesus kind of mindset was getting challenged. And I was like, ma'am, Jesus wants to heal you. You know, the inner world was going on right now. I was having an argument with my mind and my spirit, where my spirit was getting into its right place and starting to lead me instead of my brain. And I was like, and like literally, I was like, ma'am, get up and walk. And I'm like, what am I saying? You know? <laughs> and this girl gets up. She's crying. And I'm like, oh, obviously nothing happened. Let's pray again. And the interpreter and her are busy talking. And I'm just like, what's going on? Don't leave me out of this conversation. What's happening? Let's pray again. So I just start praying. And the interpreter turns to me and she says, no, Joshua, you don't understand. She has been paralyzed for nine months. She was unable to stand. As that happened, amen, amen, amen. Um, as, As that happened, this little granny jumps up from her fireplace, goes running outside and calls the whole family in. And I'm standing there on the other corner of the, on the other corner of the Rindaval, like, hmm, did this really just happen? Oh, no, it's just sensationalism. No ways, that couldn't have happened. Why would, why would God have used me? I mean, he knows my past. I'm a mess, God, what's going on? Right? I'm, this debate is happening inside of me. And the children, the family walk in. They look at their sister. She's just encountering Jesus. And the 16-year-old girl was doing all the ministry. It was incredible, it was so beautiful. They walk in, they look at this girl crying, they look at me, they look at the girl, they look at me, and instantly I say, It's not me, it's Jesus. Get up and walk. And the girl gets up, she walks across the room, and the whole family falls to their knees and they say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. The whole family got saved, guys. And you know what? I didn't preach the gospel message. I didn't say the five point, you know. I just introduced them to Jesus and he healed them. He healed them. And we've seen this pattern throughout our ministry just growing and growing and growing where we don't lead with powerful points and tracks and um, conversation starters, which are all good. I use them. We lead with the supernatural. We, we lead with the supernatural. And the, the supernatural, as I said, we're we still we're children. <laughs> so we practice and we make mistakes. You've got to be okay with making a mistake. Like I can't expect my, my, my eight-month baby to start walking today and get disappointed. Why aren't you walking today? You're supposed to walk. You are a human. No, she starts slow, crawling, eating the mess from the floor. It's the truth. And sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and on each other not to make mistakes. Where the only way you can grow in the spiritual realm is through making mistakes. I give you permission. I start like this. Hey, I'm still busy learning, but I'm trying something new. Is your name Amber? And they're like, no, I'm like, oh, oh, man. But Jesus wants to heal your back. Can I quickly pray for you? How did you know my back was sore? Oh, no, Jesus just told me like I thought he told me what your name was. (laughs) um, Lay your hands on her. The the person's back gets healed. Um, And and I was like, do you want to meet Jesus? Do you want him to be your friend? And then I go into explaining it if the Holy Spirit leads me to. And that's how we do ministry. That's how we do the gospel. Simple Very difficult. It's totally not on me. And in Mark 16, verse 20, it says, I might not read this, but Mark 16, verse 20, it says that they went out. The disciples went out and Jesus, Jesus did many wonders through them, through them to confirm the gospel that they were preaching. To confirm it. And when I read this years ago, I was really convicted convicted by Jesus. He said, if you preach a gospel without me confirming it through signs and wonders and healings, what message are you preaching? Are you preaching my gospel, son, or are you preaching your own? Because if you remove the Holy Spirit, if you remove his power from the gospel message, what message is it? And that's that's crazy. This is that's a personal conviction, guys. That's a very personal one. So we do that. We went to, um, let me just see, there might be another one. One, two more stories, okay? We went to, we did an outreach, I did an evangelism equipping equipping time in, in our, our local church of East London. And there was a whole bunch of people there. It was it was really well attended. I was very impressed. And they all came taught them how to minister like we do, equip them, all of that stuff. And I lead a small team, but God leads me to the, the, the gang ghetto area of the triple six gang. Because they only deal in death. <laughs> That's their slogan. So here I am with a bunch of young people that have never been exposed to this stuff. And they I go and take them to the most dangerous. I am kind of, I'm, I'm a, I love living on the edge, you know. And we go follow this little, follow this one person. And to get into this house, you've got to go down and into the room and then up. No windows, no doors. My eyes were blinded like from the light going into darkness. I couldn't see anything, feeling very, very confused. And as I'm like coming to, I realized that the people there were just like pushing all of their drug making equipment underneath the bed because they thought I was a police officer. So I'm like, I'm not the police. I'm not the police. Where is Danny? I forgot the guy's name. Where's Danny? And they like look at each other, all confused. They point to the back of the the hut and I go and there's this man as thin as a rake lying on the bed. He looked like death. He's just lying there. I'm like, Danny, Jesus wants to heal you. What's wrong? And he says, I've got tuberculosis and the medicine isn't working anymore, which basically means he's about to die. And I'm like, okay, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. As I say that, the man jumps up, Wow. he jumps up. The whole gang is watching. And I'm like, Danny gives his life to Jesus. He's completely healed, speaking fluently. Amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't end there, guys, they were watching. There was one man that was stabbed in the eye and couldn't see. His sight was restored. There was another man. There was like three massive healings. By that point, all their clients were waiting for them. So we turned to their clients and we said, do you want to know Jesus? A week later, guys, a week later, I'm walking the streets of the city on the other side of the city. And this man comes walking up to me and says, hello, pastor. It's so good to see you again. I'm like, hi, I'm Josh. (laughs) I don't know who this man is. And he's like, don't you recognize me? I'm like, no. He says, my name's Danny. I had tuberculosis last week. And look at me now, completely different. Like, completely different. He's, he's, he, there was life in his bones. He had flesh. He wasn't skinny like a rake anymore. He was healthy. And I said, Danny, what are you doing here? And he says, I left the gang, which is a miracle because you get in through murder and you only exit by death. So the fact that he was alive and no longer in the gang was another miracle. Guys, it's so real. It is so real. I've encountered in America that people say, yeah, those kind of miracles only happen in Africa. Guys, that is so wrong. So wrong. Walking the streets of Chicago this week, last week, Tuesday, walking the streets of Chicago, going to people that don't know Jesus don't know Jesus and sing Jesus we saw somebody with with um, uh, what was it arthritis in his knees and his hands completely healed he gave he put his, his walking cane away and so they're walking without it in America in Chicago amen Jesus amen we saw somebody else with those stomach issues that I was talking about before saw somebody with stomach issues walking the streets of Chicago an American citizen healed healed. Healed. She's like, there's no more pain. No more pain. Walking the streets, this man approaches us, totally demon-possessed. American citizen on the streets of America, demon-possessed. Walks up to us, the demons were manifesting, and we just loved. He was talking a whole bunch of stuff. Weird things. Like, weird. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and in Africa, sometimes I don't understand what they say. <laughs> and... and this time i did but then he says this one line he said whenever i cry it rains and look it's raining wow. and I'm, i put my hand on his shoulder and i look at first time i looked in his eyes and i said i'm so sorry that you are so sad all the walls go down it was like one of those prophetic little gems he gave his life to, to jesus right there guys wow. right there we saw him we drove 20 minutes to our destination to preach the gospel drove 20 minutes through Chicago um, and we say hello to everyone. We gather as a team and then we walk. We start walking, right? Walk two blocks. Do you understand? Like, anyway, walk two blocks and we turn around the corner and yow is this man. <laughs> like, guys, we saw him 20 minutes that way, driving. And then we were only there for like five minutes, and he was right there, completely sane. Completely sane. And he he turns around the corner and he's like, I thought I was never going to see you guys again. What's happening? And he started, like, newly saved, straight on the streets, walking and praying for the sick, and leading people to Jesus, and one of our team. Just like that, guys. In America. In America. Amen. So. Like we were saying earlier, I really, I want to encourage you as the body of Christ. You, where you're at, you are the anointed ones. The world needs Jesus. I want to see Jesus face to face really badly. Really badly. I can't wait. I am so excited. But I cannot pray that prayer until everyone knows Jesus. Jesus. And I don't feel like I'm necessarily called to be an evangelist, by the way. It's not my strong suit. I'm not the best evangelist I've know or heard of. But there is this conviction in my spirit to preach the gospel. Not only with my words, not only by, not only by demonstrating Jesus, but with my whole life. My whole lifestyle. When an unsafe person encounters me, I want them to see a happy person. Want them to see a happy person, and yeah. and Rachel, Rachel was like just like you know elections are coming up pretty soon, and it's really important. So good, go vote. Um, and Rachel, I'm gonna tell it for you, babe, a little bit. <laughs> um, Rachel was watching some news, just to, we don't watch news. It's just so negative. Um, and so she watched news just but to I catch. But I wanted to be informed, there so I watched the news. And she went to she went to a shop. Um, she went to a shop, and um, I don't know what happened. Anyway, there was just such a heavy thing of politics in the shopping center where people actually came up to Rachel shouting at her. And it's just like, my baby just pulled my mask down. Like, like you know, this is why, why you're shouting at me, and why are you getting so aggressive? And this, this righteous need for justice welled up inside of her. And she said something to me interesting afterwards. You might want to butt in there. Um, But she said, I was unable to give any prophetic words or hear anything for somebody else because I was so confused and I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit's leading. Does that make sense? And there's this, There's this fine line as Christians where we've got to walk. We've got to be aware of what's happening in the world and still intercede and pray for breakthrough. I believe in that. But if it influences us from loving people like Jesus would love them just because they are on the other end of the spectrum, something's wrong. We are not operating with the Spirit of Jesus. We're operating with our minds. And I fall into it too. I'm not the only one. And there's an authority that we carry as sons and daughters of God to shift the atmosphere, to make a change, to bring God more glory. And to get people saved. So I'm going to, we sang songs today, Yes, Jesus, Yes, Jesus, it's all for you, Jesus. I want to ask you, are you willing to say my point of view I put on the altar today. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to say, Jesus, I want to get over fear of man inside of me? I put fear of man and man's opinion about me on the altar. I'm willing to look like a fool for Jesus. Even if I'm rejected, even if I'm hated. Even if people look at me weird. Are you willing to put that on the altar today? Do you want, this is your role, church. Do you want to be Jesus? Jesus wasn't influenced by the political atmosphere of the Romans and the Israelites. He had had a job to do. He was single-minded. He knew his objective, and that was to love people around him. And bring them into a right standing with God. We have that job to do, church. That's ours. And I'm saying all of this not not to bring a judgment, but just to speak in love. And also to equip you. You're not the only ones that gets influenced by atmospheres and political points of views and other people's aggression. The one day I was walking on the streets in a Rahab ministry in South Africa and this really big gangster comes up to me with a, um, a golf bat, um, golf club, thank you. And he, he comes running, walking up to me like this. and said, hey, what are you doing here? Ready to hit me because I was there rescuing women out of human trafficking and preaching the gospel. Wow. What did I do? I didn't. I walked straight up and said, I love you, my brother. It's so good to see you today. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm just here to tell you that Jesus loves you. He puts it down and he listens. Love disarms even the most angry person. And if you're not responding out of love, we need a heart change. We need to go before Jesus and say, change my heart. What's that song? Change my heart, oh Lord. We've got to go before Jesus and say, God, I need, I need a heart surgery. I'm not loving the people that hate me. Help me, Jesus, to love like you have. I respond out of anger. I respond out of confusion. Jesus, forgive me. I don't look like you in this moment. That person. And what I've noticed is that when there's this aggression, when there's this tension in the atmosphere, it's because Jesus wants to bring salvation to that person. And the demonic realm is fighting against it. And either we respond to that and that person is lost. They've never heard the name Jesus. I don't want to fall into that gap. I don't want to be like that. I repent. I repent even in my good days. I want to look like Jesus. Even my bad days, when I get out of bed angry and miserable, I still want to look like Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. So church, I want to invite you into this place. Repentance means to penthouse. It comes from the word, no, we get the same word penthouse. It's a higher place. When we repent, we position ourselves in a different reality, a different realm, a different position to see things differently. So when we repent as the bride, you might be the super evangelist and have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But there's this thing of intercession where we can actually repent on behalf of a people group, behalf of the bride. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I repent today. For not being your hands, your feet, your eyes, your mouth, your reaction. I repent. Does this make sense? So, if that's you, and you're really feeling like, God, you need to do a heart surgery on my heart. I want to say, come forward. We want to pray for you. You're not alone. This, the, the Bible says your mind is the battlefield, right? You all know this. It's a battlefield. Jesus has won the war. It's up to us to fight those small little battles. And this is one of them. It does not change your identity as a son and a daughter of God, holy and anointed by Jesus. So if that's you, that's cool. If you've got any sickness in your body, I'm really feeling like something with the bowels. God wants to heal you today. (laughs) I really feel that. I know it's weird. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Be healed in the name of Jesus. If you've got any sickness in your body, cancer, if you've got any sickness in your body, a headache, please come forward. I want to pray for you. Uh, and I just, this is so weird, but I just I speak to HIV AIDS, and I say, you are just a name. You're not, you're not final. I don't know if that's someone in the room, maybe somebody listening that has been diagnosed with HIV because of a hectic past. I just speak healing over HIV in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. And then thirdly, if you want to say yes to a high level of preaching the gospel, I want to invite you to come too. I want to commission you. I want to pray for you. I want that joyous procession of His love, His equipping power to come and cascade over you today. Come and stand in the waterfall with me I'm going to be here for that one. I want to become more passionate, guys. <laughs> I want to burn brighter for Jesus. <laughs> and I want to invite you to come. So I'm going to end now. Then I'm going to hand over to you. What do you want to say? <laughs> that's cool. That's, that, that is amazing. How desperate are you? How desperate are you? How desperate are you? So Jesus, let's just pray, guys. Jesus, I invite you. Holy Spirit, come. Move among us. If, if, you, if you need to go, if, if, if you can. Like, it's totally ended right now. I invite you to stay. I plead with you to stay a little bit longer in His presence. If you want to be equipped, come. Holy Spirit, I thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come come Holy Spirit. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes, Jesus. We say yes. We say yes. Jesus, we say